All right, hockey fans, listen up because we've got something special cooked up for playoff season. It's called the Daily Faceoff Playoff Parlay Challenge, and it's going to add some serious spice to your playoff experience. Now, here's the deal every playoff game, you're going to be faced with a handful of questions. It's like your own personal playoff puzzle, and it's free to join. And there are prizes because who doesn't love winning stuff? Daily winners, you're getting hooked up with gift cards. Treat yourself to some nation gear or maybe even your favorite jersey. And for the big dogs, the people who can win an entire round, it's straight, cold, hard cash. We're talking about real dough for your hockey knowledge. So lace up those skates, stretch those thumbs, and get ready to show off your hockey IQ in the daily face-off playoff parlay challenge. Sign up today and play every game day at games.dailyfaceoff.com and prove your puck prowess. Morning, everybody. Welcome to another glorious week of the Dropping the Gloves podcast. Thank you for joining us here on a nice Tuesday morning. Tim's here, of course. Would never miss it. Hello, Tim. Hello, John. Thanks for having me back. How are you? I'm good. I, I thought a lot about last week how you say you're always on eggshells, and I like that. No, I'm not anymore. I used to be. But I I'm feel like pretty, we should get back to that. <laughs> I'm pretty comfortable now. I might get some like co-hosts in here. You can take a extended leave and we'll get back to that because I feel like you're slipping a little bit. Yeah, you're getting okay. a little too comfortable. I am comfortable, but it's not affecting my work. Did you get another haircut? Uh, last weekend. Yeah. Man, looking sharp. I'm going today to get a haircut. Very nice. exciting. Once a quarter. That's when I go. Very excited. So at what's what's going on, Tim? We were going to do this Puckadoo thing. Puckadoo? Puckadoo. But the website's down. Can you tell everyone what Puckadoo is? I think most people know by now, but it's a hockey spinoff of Sudoku where there's usually three squares across, three squares down, and you'll, it'll be like players across, uh, teams across the top and teams across the side. You're going to figure out players that played for both teams. And sometimes it's not just teams. It'll be like a guy that has scored 50 goals in a season or a guy that's played for five teams or our Norris Trophy winner or whatever. And you've got to try to figure it out. And it's a lot harder than it seems. And we were going to do one live today. But of course, this is the one day that Puckdoku is temporarily down for maintenance. So we'll save that for another time. I like it because there's actually a lot to talk about. Let's get into it. You have something on the agenda that says important Galchenyuk update. Yeah. I don't know what it means. What does this mean? Are you ready for your mind to be blown? We got a lot of DMs about this. Galchenyuk is not Russian. In fact, he was born in Milwaukee, Wisconsin. Yeah, but he was raised in Russia. He was he has family Belarus ties. Or... Yeah, Belarus and uh Soviet Union, but not Russia. Yeah, but he, he okay. That's potato potato tomato tomato. No, it's not. Your Close whole thing enough. was like he's coming over from Russia, he's got ties to the KGB and all this stuff, and it's just not true. He oh, so his his comments saying I'm gonna kill your whole family and everything's gonna be erased, does that sound normal to you? It's not a healthy thing, but doesn't I'm going to disappear your whole family. Russia's not the only one to make super... that happen. Well, Tim, let's not conflate things. When I'm thinking of someone disappearing 
and picking a country that would most likely make that happen. I don't know of any other leaders who assassinate people allegedly like Vladimir Putin has done. He just disappears people, right? He does. Yeah, they they fall out of windows all the time. Yeah, and then they mysteriously die from some food poisoning. I ate something wrong. Yeah, poison. So for from here on out, I'm continuing to going to Galchenyuk's Russia, okay? I know he was born in the States. He was raised in the Eastern Bloc. Who knows where? Nobody knows. But yeah, when you start saying you're going to disappear people, I'm going to kill your family and your wife and your kids and everything, that's when... That's when you don't get to say, well, actually, I was born on the border and this and that. And I moved when I was three. And uh, no, no, no. You're a Russian because when everyone thinks about people saying those things, you're Russian. OK, so everybody who's writing in, I know he was born in the States. I'm I don't not. Think I, I don't think I did that. know that. Well, then why right away did I say, Tim, just right now he was born in the States before because you, even you said saw anything. it on the agenda and you pulled up. It doesn't way. say anything on the agenda. It just says update Galchenyuk. What do I know? Maybe he broke out of prison. I don't know. The update is he's close to signing in the KHL. You're not mentioning that. Those guys don't care what you do. That's true. murderers, rapists, everybody. They sign racists. They sign everybody. So. Okay, now that you tried to just debunk me or put me on the spot, it didn't work. What are we going to talk about next? Unless you want to try to, like, talk me into a corner again, Tim. Is that what you like to do on the show? I want you to admit that you didn't know it. And not only was he not born in Russia, but he was born in just about, like, the most American place I can Arizona, right, or something? Milwaukee, Wisconsin. Milwaukee. I wonder why he was born in Milwaukee. Maybe his dad was a Russian spy. Very good possibility that he was trying to infiltrate the government and take us down from the inside. You know why he was born in Milwaukee? That's where his family lived when he was born. So, Well, yeah, because his dad, let me guess, his dad was a janitor at some nuclear power plant. Anyway, you don't know. You don't know. We don't know. All right. Another Russian that's actually good. And supposedly, for now, they start off good, then they go to the south in a, in a big way. Ilya Samsonov went to arbitration with the Toronto Maple Leafs. Very rare does it get to this point, but they went to an arbitrator, and his salary for next season has been revealed. $3.55 million for one year with the Toronto Maple Leafs. What do you think about this, Tim? Good, bad, or other? It's it's right where we thought it was going to be. He wanted 4.9. They wanted 2.4. They basically split the difference at three, three and a half. So good for him, I think. Good for them. All things considered, it's a pretty even balance, but it doesn't make things easier for the Leafs cap situation. Yeah, they they are. If they do accept this, which they don't have to, they can let him walk. And, he, you know, it doesn't count against their cap at all. But just say they do sign this, Tim. They're $12 million over the salary cap. 12 point something. That's not a small chunk of change. Yes, they're going to put Muzzin on LTIR. That frees up about half of that number. But the idea that you can just all of a sudden, okay, Muzzin to the LTIR, we're going to wave Murray, and everything's going to be fine. That doesn't make it work anymore. You have a lot more work to do. What do you do? Reports are bandering about that they just don't put Murray on waivers. They don't put Murray on LTIR. You keep him. You let Samsonov walk. You maybe trade Nylander. You TJ Brody's been on the trading block. There's a lot of work that needs to be done from Brad Trevealing. And maybe he got a little too excited this offseason, signing Bertuzzi, signing Domi, signing Klingberg, signing Reeves. All of those things happening when you just assumed that, okay, we're going to do A, B, and C, and we're going to be cap compliant. Well, lo and behold, it's not looking that way anymore. 
And the interesting thing that I that I took out of this arbitration hearing, the comparables have been announced. What the player brings to the table and what the team brings to the table when you're arguing for your future salary. And you can bring goalies to say, hey, I'm like him. They make this much. That's why I deserve this amount. So Elias Samsonov to the table brought UC Saros and Jake Ottinger. Do you think those are do you think those are fair comparables for an Elias Samsonov when, when you're trying to, you know, compare goaltenders? Honestly, Tim. No, their numbers last year were similar, but the body of work, absolutely not. And then the Toronto Maple Leafs brought to the table Alexander Grigor- Georgiev and Vitek Vanacek. Not bad. Those seem pretty – it's a lot more – Pretty similar. spot on, right? Yeah, he's better than those guys, but it's pretty close. I think it's pretty close. And I, I, I saw an insightful insight from one of the few people who had went to arbitration, Jeff O'Neill. I think he's on the Leafs podcast, Leafs Lunch. I'm not sure. Odie. Very, very, very popular broadcaster. He said he went to arbitration with the Toronto Maple Leafs years ago. He went in with a good relationship with the team. He doesn't remember the number. What he came out with was that he wanted to leave the team. It was just a bad situation. All the your your team does is just tear you down so the number gets lower and they can sign you and keep you on a, a decent contract. So it's not a good situation all around. I wonder how the bantering went between the GM and the team and Ilya Samsonov and his agent. It's never a good situation. And we said that going into this arbitration hearing and we'll see if he signs. And if he does sign, if it's just for one year, I think now it has to be for this one year, 3.55. It can't be anything else than this, but maybe this ruins the relationship long-term for these two parties. He did sign according to cap friendly. He signed for one year, 3.55. So, oh, so what did the Toronto Maple Leafs do Tim to get cat compliant? Muzzin's going to go on the LTIR. So that frees up six point, whatever. I don't have it in front of me. What do they need to do to get that other six, $7 million off the books? Cause Muzzin's carrying a cap hit right now of 5.625. So you have to get $7 million off the books. How do they do it, Tim? If you're the GM right now, what makes sense to you? Well, Matt Murray's the obvious one. Like you said, that's 4.6. That gets you a little bit more than halfway, but you're still two and change over the cap. And that's where the, the hard decisions come in. And and all due respect, that's where it's like, okay, did we really need Ryan Reeves that bad? Because that's 1.3 right there. Three five, yeah. You know what I mean? So it's like Max Domi, did we need Max Domi for 3 million? Because now we're over the, the cap for that much. And so... It does get a little tricky. Do you try to trade uh, Yarnkark or Camp? But those guys just signed. Lafferty is 1.1. Jake McCabe jumps out. He's about $2 million. He might be a luxury at this point after they bring in who they brought in with Klingberg. I don't know. There's no obvious candidates here. So uh, do you make a bigger splash? Do one of these well, that's the thing. Go, Every, everyone's, throwing, everyone's throwing on Willie Nylander, and I think that would be a huge mistake at this point in the season because the objective here is to win the Stanley Cup. And if you're trading away to 40 goal scorer just to be cap compliant, you won't win the Stanley Cup. He is too valuable to your team. The guy that makes sense to me, I know he's a good defenseman, is TJ Brody. You bring in Jake McCabe, you bring in John Klingberg, you you have uh, Lilgren coming on. He's going to get more of a, like a, a chance this year. He was kind of buried last year under Dubas. I think he's going to have a chance to play a little bit more this year. I think you get rid of TJ Brody. You get rid of him, you put Matt Murray on uh, waivers, and you're cap compliant. You're not going to get anything back for TJ Brody because you're dealing from a position of weakness. But I think that one makes the most sense. And he's a 33-year-old defenseman. He's going to be a good 3-4 guy. He's on an expiring contract. Teams would be interested in him. Maybe you can get a second rounder in return. 
but you're not going to get anything that will help your team this year because you don't want anybody that's going to help your team because that carries with it a cap. So all you want to do is get rid of that number, move on. You have your forwards, you have your goalies, and you're good to go. You're going into the season with your goaltenders from last year. Matt Murray was gone most of the year. You got Ilya Samsonov, you got Yosef Wall. Maybe pick up a veteran goaltender, a Brian Elliott, uh, an older guy to kind of just have in the wings. Throw him in the AHL, keep him on the practice roster. I don't know. I like this team. Going back to Ryan Reeves, it's not on the agenda. Did you see what Sean Avery said? Yeah, I did. I, I didn't until you sh- you showed it to me. This guy is the biggest piece of trash there is out there. And I don't even mean that lightly. I don't like him. I don't like Evander Kane. I think he's a douche. Sean Avery is the biggest attention-seeking whore that there is out there. And the fact that he's going out there and calling out Ryan Reeves for putting on a show about him and not the team is laughable. This is the guy who would do push-ups after scoring a goal. This is the guy who would make a huge show about himself screening Martin Brodeur. This is the guy who would go out of his way to just get camera time left, right, and center. He does a stupid TikTok thing in New York when he accosts guys for parking in the bike lane. He he tried out for the Orlando Solar Bears last year for some reason and didn't make the team. He was laughed out of camp because he was so out of shape. And it's just like you're too old. And in his interview, he said, if you give him eight, eight weeks, he can make the Toronto Maple Leafs. Are you nuts? Are you insanely nuts, Sean Avery? Ryan Reeves might not be as talented as you. I'll give you that. You were better because you were smaller, had a little better hands. Revo is a million times tougher, million times better hitter, can keep up in the today's game. He's so much better than you ever will be. He had a long career and has a long career for a reason. He's doing his job and he's not making it about himself. He's a good guy in the locker room, which was never said about you. You were a cancer and you still are a cancer. You're a joke. It pisses me off to hear this to no end. A guy going after a guy in the league. He seems to be jealous. He seems to want to get back into the league desperately. He does whatever he can to get in the spotlight. He's filming movies now. Why go out and throw stones? You seem to have your life back together. You seem to have stuff in order. You're filming big blockbuster movies. Good. Just go and do that. Don't go out and say, Roe Ryan Reeves, he's a, it's not going to work out in Toronto. Shut up. You know what I mean? It bothers me to no end. And to say that you can make the team in eight weeks and you would be a better fit than Ryan Reeves. Are you joking? You couldn't make an East Coast team in Orlando two years ago, my man. Two years ago. And now you're 43 and you're jujitsuing, so you think you're in crazy shape? I bothers me to no end. Set up a boxing match with me and Sean Avery. I'll, I'll beat that guy's doors off. Jiu-jitsu. What are you gonna grab my grab my shirt and try to wrestle me? Oh, it's stuff like that. I don't want to box Sean Avery. I'm not gonna fight him, but it's just stuff like that. Like just keep your mouth shut and support the players who are in the league. There's no reason to do this unless you're trying to stir the pot. Bothers me to I don't know. What did you think? Am I overreacting? Well, did you have any run-ins with Avery ever on the ice or off? Never. I would beat up guys like Sean Avery on the way to the fight. He was not in my weight class. He was not even in my realm. He was just a gnat. Beat it, nerd. You know what I mean? So, no. No run-ins. I'm sure I played against him along the way, and he'll probably respond to this and say I was a terrible hockey player, blah, blah, blah. I was. I don't care. 
but I have a platform and I'm allowed to respond. What I saw was just embarrassing. Embarrassing. Sean Avery had a good NHL career. He made a lot of money. He was a talented player. He played his role perfectly. But to go out now and to throw stones at a guy who is currently in the league and doing a damn good job at it, one of the last remaining tough guys, I don't understand the reasoning and what he gets out of it. I just don't get it. I wanted Rosie because he was on Jay Rosehill's show to call him out and be like, what are you talking about? Rosie, he's too nice. If he's, if Avery's doing that on my show, I just cut. What are we doing here? Like what's going on? Like you're wrong. So I don't know. So I'm not saying you're wrong, but what, what are the differences between him criticizing a player in the league and you do it? You criticize a lot of players in the league. What's what, what set this off for you? He is calling out someone's, viability in the league like he shouldn't be there it's going to end up badly i call out people's talents i call out people's work ethic because it's obvious it's like okay this guy doesn't play defense this guy's not a good fit but i also encourage people like okay you build up the brinket you think he's going to be a 40 45 50 goal scorer i'm not trashing him i'm just stating my opinion and saying i i think he's going to get 25 30 I don't think he's that guy. I call it Ovechkin. I don't think he's going to break Wayne Gretzky's record. It doesn't mean I'm diminishing their talent. I always build them up and say they're incredible hockey players. Don't get me wrong. But I think people are putting them up on a pedestal. I I think there is a difference. And then he's going out of his way to try. Like It just bothers me. Like You were a fighter. You're supposed to be building these guys up and having their back. And to say it's going to end badly in Toronto, it's just such, such a bad take. Oh, I wanted Rosie to just tear Manua. He's too nice of a guy. I wish he had said it before we had Reeves on two weeks ago. You know, oh, I know. You know, here's where Avery might be brilliant because Ryan Reeves has a good following. He's going to Toronto. He's going to have a huge following in Toronto. He might be setting up a post Ryan Reeves fight, or he might be setting up something like the, um, Josh, the Josh Paul, the brothers who fight, um, yeah. Aaron, Jake Paul. Yeah, he might be setting up some celebrity matchup because he sees Ryan Reeves as a ticket. You can throw Biz in the action, do the rough and rowdy thing, and then Sean Avery's in there too. He's going to make a make a payday. Maybe that's what he's doing because this will be good for his social media stuff, and he's all over social media. So I I don't know. It's just well, dumb. Like, shut up, Sean Avery. Like, shut your mouth. Speaking not, of, <laughs> no, I can't. It's so it's so maddening that they do this. You're supposed to support other tough guys, not unless you, <laughs> I was going to say something. But go ahead. Yeah, well, I was going to say. Speaking of being a celebrity, he is an actor now, and he's in the new Oppenheimer movie that just came out, which I'm going to see tonight. So I'll report back on his performance later in the week. Everyone's talking about this Oppenheimer thing. What's the premise, and what what's the movie about? I have no idea because I'm going to go see the Barbie movie. <laughs> of course you are. Um, what is it? What's the movie trip for for a family of nine? It's like two hundred dollars. It's it's not existent. We don't do it. Yeah, yeah. no. Um, it's about the making of the atomic bomb. So Robert Robert Oppenheimer was the guy that kind of, but Einstein's in it. There's a military aspect of it. It's supposed to be a three hour movie, but it's Christopher Oof. Nolan, so it'll be good. The cast is unbelievable: Matt Damien, Killian Murphy, Matt Damien, Matt Damon, Matt Damon, Matt <laughs> Damon. Yeah, Emily Blunt is in it. It'll be good. I like Emily Blunt. Who's it's your good. favorite actor, Tim? You know who I love. This is a kind of a little I don't. Bit of a pick. That's why Jeff I'm asking. Daniels. I love Jeff Daniels. He's very very good. He's also, he's got ties to Northern Michigan. 
Um, he's got a house up there. Has he? I, I've heard he's been spotted in Petoskey, Charlevoix area, actually, now that you say that. What about you? My favorite actor? I don't know. It's so hard. I, I really, I really don't have one. I'm sorry. Okay. <laughs> I don't. <Good> conversation. <laughs> Does everybody have, like, do you have a favorite actor that you, when they make a movie, you, you see them? I guess, I don't know. I don't have one. All right, let's move on. Tony D'Angelo. We yeah. got to get him on the show. We talk about this guy more right. than anybody I know, right? He gets a lot of airtime, this guy. Well, bought out by the Philadelphia Flyers, put on waivers for some reason, unbeknownst to me. They didn't like him. They didn't want to have him on the team. He's gone. Well, he found a new home. The Carolina Hurricanes finally got out of their own way, made a smart move, and instead of mortgaging their future and bringing in the Albatross contract of Eric Carlson and all the pageantry that goes along with it, they signed the better option. They got Tony Delangelo for one year, $1.6 million. It's a fantastic deal. He was with the team two seasons ago. He fit in perfectly with their systems. He's a puck-moving defenseman. You pair him up with a guy who's more a stay-at-home type of Brett Pesci. It's going to work fantastic. The coach knows him. The GM knows him. The guys on the team knows him. It's knows him or know they know him. They know him. I shouldn't pluralize that. It's a great deal. I'm glad he's going back to Carolina. That being said, are they finally out of the Carlson sweepstakes, Tim? Can we just put that to bed? I think they have to be. Yeah, because not only not only financially, and you look at the cap situation, the only way they get them is they bring in like or they trade away a, a really good player that's worth a lot of money just to make the cap work. But beyond that, D'Angelo is a poor man's Carlson. He puts up a lot of points. He skates. He's kind of an offensive first guy. He put up 51 points in 64 games two seasons ago with this team. So Rod knows how to get the most out of them. D'Angelo fits well into the system. And I think that was before they had Brent Burns. You can correct me on that, but that was no, so now you, yep. you'll see how he fits in with, with Burnsy. Maybe he's running power play two and Burns is running one. And you got Pesci and Slavin also like two great two way shutdown type pairs that go on the top. So I think it's going to work out well. And yes, they're out of Carlson now. Maybe not officially, but you have to believe they are. This defense looks dangerous. They brought in Dmitry Orlov, who was the best player for the Boston Bruins in the playoffs. Yeah, like they have a legit top six that matches anybody in the league. Rumors are Brett Pesci, based on his father, is on the market. They're trying to get rid of him just to free up some space up front, maybe bring in some scoring. But if he doesn't go, you have Slavin and Burns. Brady Shea and Brett Pesci, Orlov and Delangelo on the back end. That's that's the best six in the league right there. You're right. Yeah, I was it's unbelievable. Say it. How did you forget Dimitri Orlov? Such a big offseason signing for them. Uh, it's there's a lot of trauma there that I'm trying to suppress. But yeah, this is um, this is the best defense in the league, I think. Oh, without a doubt. Going back to Carlson. So if the Carolina Hurricanes are out, he gave he got permission from the Sharks to seek a trade. The teams that were mentioned where the Toronto Maple Leafs, Carlson did an interview in Sweden. He won the Golden Puck in Sweden as the best player in Sweden. Good for him, which is great. I think he had one in a few years. There's been Landis Scott, but other guys. But he won it. He gave an interview, and he said the teams that they have talked to about a trade were the Carolina Hurricanes, the Toronto Maple Leafs, and the Pittsburgh Penguins. Carolina is out. Is he going to get traded, Tim? In your gut, do you think Carlson is going to walk into camp for the San Jose Sharks? Or will it be for another team? The Toronto Maple Leafs seem they they have to be out of the conversation now. They're trying to shed salary. I don't think it works for them. Does Carlson 
have a different address come game one. Well, the later, the longer this draws out, the the less likely he's, he's to be traded before the season starts. And especially now with with the moves that Carolina and Toronto have made, they're basically saying, "I can't wait around anymore." And so the question is, is it Pittsburgh or bust? Because the other team that's been thrown around pretty heavily with Carlson is the Seattle Kraken, which I yep. think could make a lot of sense. Um, and he would make their team a lot better, I think. And they probably have a better cap situation. I don't have it in front of me, but I feel like they don't have, I don't want to dish like Jared McCann, who had 40 something goals this year, but they don't really have a superstar. And so Carlson kind of elevates them to probably another tier, maybe not the, the top in the in the West, but closer to the middle than they are to avoiding a, a playoff spot. So that makes sense to me too. But the, like I said, the longer this draws out, the le- most likely it's going to be waited till later in the season or the deadline. Yes, yeah, Seattle just signed their 1A defenseman, Vince Dunn. So they have zero cap space available themselves. I think they have $1 million left and a couple RFAs to, to wrap up, especially a guy, Matty Beignets who is going to get a big, big raise come next year. So you can't all of a sudden invest $11.5 million into an Eric Carlson when you know Matty Beignet is going to have to get at least $6 million of that. Beignets. So you have to be a little – you have to have a little bit of a foresight here and not just go crazy because you made the Western Conference final last year. You can't bring in an Eric Carlson when you have that bill that has yet to be paid. But, yeah, the only team that makes sense right now is the Pittsburgh Penguins on paper – but on the ice, I, I just don't see it happening. I said this from day one. Two years ago, when Eric Carlson's name was brought up in trade rumors, this guy will not get traded. The fact that he is asking Mike Greer for assets back is astonishing to me. He carries such a heavy contract with so much term left on it. He will have to package something to get rid of an Eric Carlson if you want to get rid of that contract. It's too much. If he's having this much of an issue trading Eric Carlson coming off a Norris Trophy season when he eclipsed 100 points, this is as good as it's going to get for Eric Carlson. He's not getting any younger. He's not going to get 100 points next year. This is this is the top trading value that he has. And if he can't get a deal done now, it, it won't happen. He will finish his career with the San Jose Sharks. I, f- I firmly believe that. Unless the Sharks eat half his salary, and then they find a third team to eat another 25% of his salary. Arizona. Yeah, that's the only way this works. So going to the Seattle Kraken, though, I'm glad you said that. Good transition. Vince Dunn, coming off a career year, signed a four-year, $7.35 million contract with the Seattle Kraken. What do you think about this, Tim? A good deal for Vince Dunn? A good deal for the Kraken? That's a lot of money. It's a lot of money for a 26-year-old defenseman who was just picked up off the expansion draft because the St. Louis Blues said, you know what? We don't want you. We don't value that, that much. Go. 64 points last year, plus 28. Great in the playoffs. What do you think of this deal? It's a lot of money. Um, breakout year last year, but let me read his career totals. I'm, I'm going to exclude the shortened season, but season where he played 70 or more games, 24 points, 35 points, 23 points, 35 points, and then last year jumps up to 64. 14 goals, 50 assists. Is this a breakout or is this a little bit of a, he's clearly took a step forward, but is he going to settle back down to like 50 points or is he going to get 60 from now on? You know what I mean? So this is kind of a, it's a lot of money to commit to a guy that's a little bit, I wouldn't say unproven, unknown, but when you have your best year in a contract season, it always seems a little bit, you know, suspicious, a little bit curious. Like, who is he really? Is he this guy that was playing for a contract? 
or is he something a little bit less than that? It's an outlier for sure. I think it will. It, it has to drop. You can't go from 35, 35, 20 to 64 and then have that be the average from here on out. I, I think it will drop. But if it stays around 40, 50 points, I think 7.35 is a good number for him. When you look at the comparables, the guys in the league who consistently get 50, 60 points, we're talking the Peter Angelos. We're talking the Mikhail, Mikhail Sergachevs. We're talking the Roman Yossis. We're talking the Charlie McAvoy's. Those guys are all pushing $10 million salaries. So Vince Dunn, even though he's in Seattle, even though he's picked up on the uh, expansion draft, he is a 1A type defenseman. When you look at the stats, when you look at the ice minutes he eats up, when you look at what he does for this team, he's a 1A. And if you can lock in your 1A for 7.35 up until he's 31 years old, it's a good deal for Seattle. I love it. I think Vince Dunn is is a legit defenseman who doesn't really get the accolades he deserves. He's, He's a Norris candidate, Tim. He's a very good defenseman. And my and plus he knocked out Curtis Gabriel in the hallway for the Chicago Wolves in the AHL. Was that him? That's funny. <laughs> that was him. I yeah. love him even more. Fantastic punch. One boom. Right in the right in the sucker. Talk about a fighter making it about himself. That if Avery wants to go after a guy, go after Gabriel. He made it about himself. But that was years ago. Remember when he anyways. We don't want to go down that road. I don't want to throw stones. I don't want to throw stones, but a good deal for everybody involved. I think it's smart for Seattle. Didn't break the bank to sign this guy. I think if they would have went a longer term, maybe we would have lowered the value a little bit, but four years, it still gives Vince Dunn another chance to hit the free agency. He's going to be 31, still very valuable at that age. We'll see how it works out, but it doesn't lock Seattle into a defenseman, like you said, who hasn't proven it. If he does this year after year after year, 60 plus points, then we'll give you the 10 million and we'll sign you to another four year, $10 million contract and everybody's happy, but good deal all around. I like it. I like what Seattle's doing with their team. Oddly enough, they, they don't get the props that they deserve. Maybe it's because they're new. Maybe it's because they're a West and no one ever watches them. But like you said, they don't have a superstar, but they got a lot of darn good players. Don't they? They just seem to get the job done. When your third line's Yanni Gord, Olivier Borkstan, and Eli Tolvanen, it's a good third line. How does Pierre-Edouard Belmar end up there? That guy just doesn't want to retire. Crazy. He's an interesting story where he didn't make the NHL until very late in his career. I think he made it post-30. And he's only played like six, seven years. But you feel like he's been in the league for 15. Like a Nate Thompson type who just retired, by the way. Cheers to him. Had a great career. But it's, it's just an interesting kind of career he's had. And they get yeah, Kyle Yamamoto. Yeah. He broke into the league in 2014. So almost a decade now. But he was in France and all over. He's all over Europe. And he's so he's probably 29 when he came in for the first yeah, time. Yeah. So, yeah. Good anyway. So right, Don is the on. latest. He's the latest player to avoid arbitration. There's a couple others still there. Swayman among them. Troy Terry, another non Kurashev signed. But there's some other uh, interesting players. Yeah, that could be. I wonder how Sam Sonov impacts Swayman's contract. And I would imagine it's pretty close, but we'll see how that shakes out. No, it's not guys. even close, I think. I think Swayman is much less than an Ilya Samsonov. Just from just the sample size and the fact that he wasn't. I like Jeremy Swayman, friend of the show, but to think that he's going to go to 3.55 is is not. It's not going to happen, right? I think he should be hoping for 2.5. I mean, he was top five in goals against, top five in save percentage, 
top five in shutouts. It's not just he played. I don't have it in front of me. It was, he played a lot he of probably, games. Last year. Probably played 40 some games last year. Allmark got injured, but coming into the playoffs, he was terrible. 37. Yeah. Yeah. Bad in the play. And I, and I don't like, I don't like dogging a guy who was on the show. He's a good goaltender, but let's be realistic. If you're going to take Samson off for Swayman right now for the season, who are you taking? I'm taking Swayman. I want, oh, I would have, you're such Allmark. a homer. We should have traded Allmark and keep Swayman. Um, neither here nor there. Let's talk about Aho. Aho. What's going on with him? Lots of Carolina talk today. Yeah, he's reportedly getting closer to signing an extension. He's got one more year on his current deal. There's really no reports of what his number is going to be yet. I was looking at some comparables based on age and and production, and there's kind of a, a wide range here because you can go down to Pedersen, who's only making seven and chains, but he signed that a few years ago. Looking at the recent contracts, Eichel's making $10 million. That would be on the high side. Braden Point, 9.5. Barzal, 9.1. Um, and Dylan Larkin, 8.7. Where do you think Aho stacks against these guys? What is what's his number going to be? It's it's odd you say Eichel ten million is on the high side when you look at their output. Aho is better than Eichel. He consistently puts up more points than them every single year. So I know Eichel had that one good year as sophomore, junior into the league. He had eighty two points in seventy seven games. But when you look at Aho, the guy's a point per game guy. Like he's a legit star. So he's going to be over ten million dollars a year. He has to be, right? The way things are going, the way the salary is projecting, the salary cap is going to be bumped up next year. If everything goes to plan and Gary doesn't pull a fast one, which he usually does, but he will be $10 million or more. I think that's where it's going. If, if I'm looking at the comparables, I like him better than Barzal. I like him better than Jack Eichel, even though we just won a Stanley Cup. I think Ajo has been consistent and he's a good player. I want him on my team. Do I want to pay $10 million for him if I'm the Carolina Hurricanes? no i don't i don't think he's that guy who's going to help you win a stanley cup if he's your 1a centerman which he is if you give him 10 million bucks don't you think he is i think he is that guy i think he is that guy he he plays a complete game he's not just an offensive specialist even though he does a lot of things offensively but he, he can shut you down too and he can be responsible like, and they have cap room to to share next year because they have a lot of expiring contracts including aho taravine and martin nook drury jarvis lemieux Back end to Shea, Pesci, D'Angelo, all expiring next year. So they have the room to make this work if they want to. No, I guess you have to because he's a UFA. I'm just saying, like, I don't think he's that guy. Carolina's had great teams the last three, four years. He doesn't really turn it on in the playoffs. What is the big critique of Carolina? They can't score goals when they need goals scored. They need a guy who's going to be clutch in clutch times. And it's not Ajo. It doesn't slight him. I'm not pulling a Sean Avery. I don't think he's your guy that you're going to win a Stanley Cup with. Do you want to give him 10? Do you want to give him 10 and a half, 11 million dollars? I don't know. Maybe you do. Maybe it's the only guy you can sign. Trade him for Nylander. Boom. Ooh, no. Ooh. All right. What else are we talking about, Tim? Yeah, let's do some voicemails. Um, get some good feedback. I have some new ones here. So I can find Do we get stuff. good feedback? Really? Yeah, I think so because they keep coming in after we after we share them. So this one is from a few about a month ago. So it's right before the Stanley Cup Finals were played. But this the message behind it is pretty universal, and you got a lot of type of these uh, messages. So let's play this one. Hey boys, Lucky from Scottsdale, Arizona. Quick question for Scott, Mister John Scott. That's right, Mister. Is he ready to admit that the Eastern Conference was 
a house of cards as an eight seed walks through the set team, and that set team is about to get trampled by a Western Conference team that he was talking was garbage. The Western Conference is garbage all year. I I think I have to, right? All, all the top seeds in the East just completely imploded on themselves. The Devils, the Rangers, the Lightning, the Bruins, the Leafs, everybody just laid a huge egg. And Florida just walked over everybody. Walked is a strong word, but they seemed to get stronger as the playoffs went on. And Vegas was just, they were very good. I undersold Vegas all year long. I was all in on Calgary. I thought Edmonton was going to show up. I, I thought LA was going to have a good playoff run. I, I undersold Vegas and I apologize and I will admit it. I was wrong, but I don't admit that all Eastern conference is better or worse than the Western conference. Now I do think the strength still does lie in the East, but maybe it's a little closer than I, than I think. Thank you. What was his name? Lucky Logan. Lucky. Yeah. If, if that comes through next year, are we going to hear less of how garbage the West is and the Pacific is? We'll have to see how things shake out. Yeah. Yeah, but I, I, all the good players this offseason have gone East again. You know, the East has gotten stronger, so we'll see. All right, another one here. Hey, boys, Parker from Queens. Uh, John, I just want to ask you, is there any current heavyweights playing in the NHL right now Do you think that could beat you in a fight? Me, personally, I think for my hometown favorite team, the New York Islanders, I think Ross Johnson would give you a run for your money. That's good. Um... Someone right now, well, I think, um, yeah, Ross Johnson, he seems like a tough, he doesn't fight enough. I didn't fight very much, but I still got in six to 10 a year. It feels like Ross Johnson gets one or two, if that. Don't you think, Tim? He doesn't, he's not active enough for me to even call him a heavyweight anymore. I think you have to be a little bit active. Same with Ryan Reeves. He's got to get the fights under his belt. The guys who I think would give me a hard time are Luch. Luch is one of those fighters who just, he throws down. Like, he he has no fear. He goes for it. I think Nicky Delorier is another guy just because he has a the arm length on Nicky is, is scary. And his fear factor, he does not care to get hit in the face. But, no, I would not be afraid of Ross Johnson. I think the guys who I would be a little bit hesitant to are Delorier, Lucic, and Reeves. Those three guys, I'd be like, yeah, okay, let's just take it easy a little bit. But I do think... I would come ahead on all those fights. If I had eight weeks to do jujitsu, I'm confident I could come in and beat everybody up. Thank you for the call, Marco. What are you saying here, Tim? We got Ross Johnson's fight card up. One fight last year. No, Ryan Reeves five. in the first period. Five? Delorier, Austin Watson. Is he in the league? Jared Tonorti and R. Atard from Philly. Like he, he, he's not active enough. What is that? What did you look at me? I'm no. not saying it's our Atard. Relax. <laughs> Relax. Ronnie. All right. <laughs> What's the next uh, voice my here? Thank you, Marco, for the call. Last one. Love doing this. So for those of you who didn't hear, he said, who do you think would win in a fight? You were a black bear. I think I would, depending on the weapons that I had. If you give me some kind of knife or hook, I always said when I was a kid, mind you, this is like college kids sitting around drinking, having a good time. If I had a six or five foot long pole, six or six or five foot long pole, 
with a sharp hook on the end of it, I could beat a black bear in a fight. And the reason I say this is I know that they are stronger. They are lethal animals. They are a killing machine when they want to be. The key word there is when they want to be. I don't think they have the mindset to to be in a fight. I think they are retreating animal. They they avoid confrontation. They only fight when they have to. So if I get into a ring with these guys, just say an octagon, I'm going to have that initial advantage because I'm going to be out there to kill. And so I'm going to be the aggressor. The bear is going to look for a way out, and it's only going to start fighting when it knows it has no other way out. Hopefully by that time, I've done a lot of damage. You know what I mean, Tim? I was waiting for you to say retreating animal that wants to avoid a fight at all costs. I was waiting for you to make that about me somehow, but thank you for not doing that. It's not always about you. <laughs> now would you? Here's a question. If if you got into an octagon with a, a squirrel, Tim, how nervous are you? Okay, well, how big is a squirrel? How hungry? A, a, a basic gray squirrel <laughs> you see it in the wild. No, I'm not nervous. The speed of a squirrel? You think you could take on a squirrel? Stop, stop. What if it jumped up on the top rope and it's like, you don't know if it's going to go out your face? There's no ropes in the octagon on top of the the chain link fence. You think you'd be fine? I'm not responding to this. I'm not engaging with this. By the way, I bought my skates last weekend out in Raleigh. Oh, pure hockey. How'd it go? How was the sizing? Did you get into the the incubator thing where they put your foot in the... like sizer machine and they figure out your arch and your pressure and this and that. And they, it was like a scanner. Yeah. Yeah. I did that. Um, it was good. And I bought like, not, not the cheapest one, but on the cheaper end, I don't need like $700 skates at this point in my life, but got some new skates. Can't wait to try them out. They sharpened it for you. And I'm going to try to find some, uh, some drop-ins in the next couple of weeks to get back out there. Is the goal to get on a team and to be a part of a, a squad, yeah. as you like to say? Yeah, men's league. I'll do that. I'll start doing that in the fall once I've skated a little bit again. Have you tried to test out the strength of your injured body? Like, have you done supply metrics or running at all? Or you just walk around with your dog all the time? No, I do that stuff. It's it's a little bit hard mm-hmm. running because the impacts still is not easy. Like impact stuff like that, jumping, running. Um, skating isn't really an impact thing unless you're crashing into the boards. But yeah, the leg is stronger than the other one now. It's how it works. It's like all reinforced. So I'm not worried so about you that. Bro- you broke your leg. You busted your shoulder. What's next? Elbow? <laughs> Sternum? What's Ribs? Uh, hopefully nothing. Hopefully nothing for a few years. We'll see. No, you're you're getting hurt. Like there's no <laughs> doubt about you're getting injured. I'm just hopefully it's not your head. Because then you're gone. Like you're you're off the show. I can't have you slow and foggy like I am. We need someone sharp like you. Thank you. Thanks for saying so, that. It's recorded. That's that's logged in now. I'm just saying, if you get a conky, you're gone. Gone. No severance, anything. You're gone. I accept say, that. Say goodbye. Anything else, Tim, you want to touch on? Uh, no, hopefully Puck Doku is back up and running, because that'll be fun to do. Um, give it a try, but no. Tim desperately wants to interview my wife. Should I be concerned that there's something going on here? Is desperate the right word, John, when I asked, hey, can Danielle come back on the show? How many times have you asked that question? Once every six months for two years. How many, what do I say? You always say you'll talk to her. That means no. It's <laughs> like when my kid asks for, can we get ice cream later? I go, maybe. And they go, maybe always means no. I'm like, well, then stop asking questions. Maybe. Not going to happen. What about Hank or somebody else? Hank didn't respond. My agent, we'd be nice to get him on, but he is a busy man, I guess. And he just did, didn't reply. 
Not a big fan of that. I'll shoot him another text. And you asked me to text all those players. I did not do it. I know you didn't. Not good at that. But we'll get some. Brady just got married, so he's off the hook for a little while. Tom? I thought he just got divorced. Kachuk. Brady Kachuk. Okay. Maybe they have another brother. Do they have another one? Are they like the stalls that just keep coming? They have a sister. Hmm. Nice. All right, everybody. Well, have a good Tuesday. We will talk to you. I'm golfing tomorrow. So Thursday will be the day. Cheers. Have a good one. Thanks for listening to Dropping the Gloves with John Scott, a member of the Nation Network of Podcasts. Subscribe wherever you get your podcasts from to never miss an episode. 